welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. There's Nanny Di down um, in Skype in a little screen over there, bless her. So we are reviewing pa The Power of the Dog, directed by Jane Campion, starring Benedict yep. Cucumber Patch, um, yes. starring Jesse Plemons, Kirsten Dunst, yep. and also starring Cody Smith, Cody Smith McPhee. It's a hard name. Let's call him Cody. Um, yes. Now, I have to confess, I was a long time coming to this. I was like... Benedict Cucumber Patch's horse refusing to go to water. <laughs> My reluctance stemmed from the fact that I thought it was going to be long. I thought it yes. was going to be turgid. Yes. I didn't particularly, I mean, this is terrible. You should never judge a book or a film by its cover or poster. And I yeah. did. I just thought it looked dour and I just wasn't in the right frame of mind for it. No, well, I, I, I'm not that dissimilar to that, although I do have a fondness for Westerns. But also, and this is a very bad thing to, to admit to, yeah given his performance, is I didn't know if Benedict would be up to it. I mean, there's Benedict being Benedict, yes. and I love him as most things, Sherlock Holmes, etc. but I just could not see him. I think that's a really important point. I think, yeah, as a casting decision, it seems strange that he would be a cowboy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the very concept was odd. Yeah. Okay, well, let's accept. So it's directed by Jane Campion. Jane Campion, yes. obviously, most famously known probably for the piano. Yes. Uh, she also did that series that you loved with Holly Hunter. And then she also did, I've discovered, a film called Bright Star, yes. which was um, which I thought was quite good. I didn't even know it was by right. her. She also did An Angel at My Table. An Angel, that's really going yeah. back. I mean, that was the first Am I right in thinking she's a New Zealand director who works in Australia? I think, yes. I think, I think I am. Yes. I think I am. Um, and she, yeah, I mean, she very much came from the sort of indie sector, didn't she? So her sensibility yeah. is much more art house, slow, meandering, you yes. know, thought provoking. She's not particularly hurried. And, and no. it's fair to say that's a pretty accurate description of this film. It's the well, most yes. unhurried film I think I've ever watched in my life. Never mind me, because I. I how did it grab you? Did it grab you in little bits or did you suddenly find yourself liking it as you Well, it, the film is set in Montana. Um, uh, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons play brothers. They run a ranch. They, they stumble across Kirsten Dunst, who's working in, in a sort of shambolic uh, kitchen slash restaurant. Her, yeah. son, her son, Cody Smith, um, it, it works with her. And, and, and Jesse Plemons' character falls in love with Kirsten Dunst. She goes to live with him. And really, it's a sort of sibling rivalry type thing. And uh, a woman who descends into alcoholism. Uh, but all the while, you've got Benedict Cumberbatch sort of hovering at the edges in a sort of bristling manner. He's a very it's a toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity, but also sublimated ma masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and quite quickly you began to realise that this is quite a homoerotic piece, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, but also what Benedict did for me was that I went from thinking, can he even do this role at all as a cowboy? I, I mean, I didn't know about the subtext or anything. Um, but then I started to think, not only has he absolutely got the um, the bullyingness, the brute, you know, the nastiness, the spiteful yeah. of, um, of, of him. But then on top of that, he gives you, you start to feel real pain for him because you can start to see that he's not one bit happy with the life that he's leading. Yeah, yeah. And that his brother has found something that he, you know, is he's left him basically. And it suddenly becomes quite a sort of sad, sad film in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, you ask what kind of pulled me in to stay. Firstly, mm. I thought it was beautifully shot. Um, oh. You couldn't help but, I mean, the, the, the landscape of Montana, which I filmed in, and it looks like that. You know, there was not green screen going on there. That was that was yeah. Montana. 
Um, and so that it's, it's weird to say that landscape pulled me in, but landscape is such an important part of this film. Yeah, so I, I so I found it incredibly immersive. I felt like mm -hmm. I was very slowly being immersed into a very real world. And yes. whilst it was unhurried and some would argue quite slow, um, I found it really authentic. That lent itself a bit like the film First Cow. It lent yeah. itself to a certain authenticity. So I really actually believed I was watching this for real. I mean, it sounds ridiculous that, yeah. because all films try to do that. Some films do it through great acting. Some films do it through set design. This just did it through a sense of place. But also, I think like you've just said, Benedict Cumberbatch hypnotised me. Yeah. He, yeah, he sort of lured me in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you don't know what to sort of do with him in your mind because everything that he's exhibiting mm. is pure masculine, horrid, spiteful, bullying behaviour. Yeah. And I mean, drives her to drink in sort of no time at all because, I mean, the film's been criticised for that. It was too quick, but in a way... She'd got no recourse, and I mean, you know, I mean, alcoholism is not like that. You pick up a drink one day, and that's it. Well, and also, it. I mean, I, the, the, the subplot. I thought Kirsten Dunst played it really well. She had about six lines in the whole film, but I thought yeah. I thought she was impeccable. And you know, you, I, I very much saw her alcoholism as that classic thing of she's been placed in a affluent environment with a, yeah. a very sweet partner and Je Jesse Plemons. Yeah, um, yeah. But but sweet and in his own way controlling too. Yeah, um, true. You actually. know, especially around the piano. I thought one of the most powerful scenes with Kirsten Dunst was the piano scene. Oh my God, it was it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I, mean, I felt her stress, her social anxiety. Yeah, and <gasps> when she just could not, she did that so well because so that could well. have been a scene, but she couldn't play a note. Yeah, and you absolutely felt for her. It was it was shocking. I had to, you're right. It, it, I mean, in a weird way, what I wasn't expecting was. I was heartbroken for all three of, well, all four of the main characters. Yeah, you know, yes. Inclu including Cody. Um, you know, I was heartbroken well, for Kirsten Dunst. Uh, yeah. and, and gradually, as you rightly say, increasingly heartbroken for the clearly sublimated, contorted and hidden desire that was in Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you would disagree with this or with anybody, if it's just my own personal view. The one person I don't feel sorry for is the boy, because right. the boy is so much in control of everything. So, I mean, so what, what did you think Cody's shtick was? This is the young boy who essentially, um, Cumberbatch's character, is very bullying with him and, and all the men on the ranch tease him and mock him. Nothing seems to stick to him, though. Nothing pulls him down. He's not... He's not sort of left in a sort of heap, kind of bemoaning the fact that he's being bullied, is he? But but why? What, what you, why do you think he was presented in the way he was? Well, because after the first, after the introduction, where Benedict, the flower scene, the whole mm. flower scene, um, and he cries, the boy cries, and um, and you, he really has touched him. You know, he's hurt him in that respect. Mm. At that point, he's never going to be hurt again, and he right. makes sure that he's not. And then, because of all the sort of subplot elements about him going to be a doctor, going to be this, going to be that, and he gives you tiny little hints. Like, do you remember the conversation where he's talking to um, Benedict, and he says um, his father thought he was too cruel, his father thought he was too hard, mm. and Benedict is still in his, you know, Oh, well, he was wrong about that then, wasn't he? And, we're, and as the audience, especially if you've seen it more than once, you're thinking, oh, no, he wasn't. In a weird way, the toxic masculinity, would, would you describe the boy's masculinity as toxic too? Well, in the sense that he's, you know, he, he's nailed his colours to the mast in the first five minutes. As the film starts, he says, I wouldn't be considered a man if I didn't look after my mother. And so you get the whole sort of thing of a boy with his mother, you know, like you, you know, a boy brought up alone with his yeah. mother. And the boy, 
inevitably, and it shouldn't be done, but it often is, the boy has to become the man of the house mm. and he's determined that he's going to, mm. uh, in that sense. So it's a fa it is a fascinating film about masculinity. And there, so there's the yeah. piano scene for me was the key scene with Kirsten Dunst. The, yes. ob the obvious scene with Benedict was when he goes to his, he has like a shack by a river where he has yes. essentially all these pornographic magazines of their time, that of their time. Of their time, yeah. Like, I remember magazines like that. I bet you do. Just <laughs> the, male, the male body. Right. You know, yeah. as, a, as a beautiful thing. They were sort of nudist magazines yeah. or something. And Cody, um, Cody's character sort of stumbles across this and there's huge embarrassment. Yeah. But also there's this character yeah. hanging heavily over the plot, Bronco, Kid Bronco. Oh, Bronco. Bronco. I mean, <laughs> I, I did feel the name Bronco was a bit cliche, didn't you? It was like, well, big bad Bronco. I had to wipe that out because yeah. it... I think after the first time I was seeing it, I thought if they said Bronco again, I'd, I'd die laughing. Yeah. But I managed to wipe it out as an issue because and, it's and, just. And there's the moment where he's t where Cumberbatch is telling the story of when him and Bucking Bronco were up in the hills. Uh, he had to save, you know, Bronco saved his life, and they had to sort of sleep spooning together under the yeah. under the sheets. Yeah. And then Cody asks, "Were you naked?" Yeah, that's quite. A, I thought that was quite a curious moment, wasn't it? Well, he played that very well. There's, he, there's a beat between Benedict Cumberbatch saying that and, and the boy saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks and says, what do you know? And in that moment, there have been people all over America who have said, was he therefore, can we say that he was abused as a child by Bronco, Bronco? I mean, I wish people would just leave things as alone. Well, I, I have to confess, I thought that. I, I didn't particularly <laughs> think Bronco was an entirely <laughs> friendly character. I mean, you know, I mean, I have to confess, I think on a few occasions I thought shots of Benedict stroking the sort of, I don't know what you call that bit of a saddle that goes up where... Bobble. The what? Bobble. The what? Pommel. Pommel. I think you said bobble. Uh, yeah, the pommel. Oh, OK, yeah, so stroking the pommel and all that. I mean, at times I was reminded, without getting wanky, of D.H. Lawrence, you know, the kind of metaphors of the body of horses and the the strip of leather and the, all yeah, that kind yeah, of, yeah, the yeah, plating, the plating of the lasso good. and all that kind of stuff. A good steer, yes, actually. Yeah, so yeah. In that sense, I found that stuff a little bit obvious, but but it kind of worked. But a lot of people, Mum, are saying it's the most boring film they've ever seen. <laughs> they? Yeah. What do you say to them? Johnny Greenwood's music. We haven't even got to that well, yet. He's been, he's been nominated. He keeps you galloping along, whether you want to or not. He's been nominated for an Oscar. Oh man, don't you think that soundtrack is good? Though? I, I did actually. I thought I thought the soundtrack and the cinematography and the set design and and, and costume. Yeah. I, I thought it was impeccable. Uh, you know, we, uh, haven't, we haven't really talked about Jesse Plemons. I thought he was excellent. Oh my god! And uh, you know, they married him and kissed Kirsten. I was going to say him and Cucumber Patch. I was thinking, God, that, that went <laughs> under the radar. And she tells a very funny story about when they were given the when uh, Jane Campion cast them. Yeah. Uh, Karen Dunst had to do the thing. She, she, she did, uh, Jane Campion didn't know Jesse Plemons at all, and Karen Dunst said, "Well, you'll get two of us who can use the same bed in this instance, so <laughs> you know because we're both together." Oh. But that scene where he 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 steps forward and then says, "Oh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry," oh. and he says, "I'm not only any wrong." Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you I, think that was beautiful. I thought there was such an innocence in his love that that was almost too painful for Kirsten Dunst's character to just accept. Yeah. And I think that yeah. also partly, she was driven to her alcoholism by obviously the malevolence of Benedict Cucumber Patch, who was suspicious of her, but also by how sort of searingly honest his love of her was. Yeah. It made her feel yeah. guilty. I think she felt guilt because almost yeah. no, because he was incredibly sweet. Though we've just said he's kind of controlling in his sweetness. He was an incredibly sweet character. 
He was. And the way he sort of, um, I just thought the period detail and everything, the fact that they, they were quite a well-off family for the time, you could tell by everything. Yeah. Obviously the ranch and everything, but then his fur coat and the car. I mean, they didn't have cars. No, 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 quite. Just to say a couple of things about that Jane Campion said about the scene, which I suppose in a way is a crucial scene, the scene where Benedict, we see Benedict in his little lake with his scarf, with Bronco on it, and then the boy, the boy finds... He has um, sex with Bronco's scarf. And then we find, uh, the boy finds the magazines. That isn't in the book. She put ah. that in because she wanted to sort of, she felt that she had to underline something. <laughs> she was worried it would be even more boring. <laughs> or maybe she just thought, you know, it has to be sort of... Yeah, we need a pinch point in the narrative right now. We've got yeah, to do something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I personally, I fully agree with that because there was a point there where I thought, oh my God, you know, Suddenly, you do understand everything, don't you? you yeah, understand yeah, you're right. I, I mean, again, summing up, I, I would say for me, this film was very much like Cody Smith's character's uh, paper flowers. The the, yeah. the longer you oh. spent with it, the longer you unfurled and got to the centre oh. of something. And I thought that kind of analogy of opening the fronds of something and looking into something. If you think about the plaiting of the of the lassoes as well, which was the kind of almost the bringing together of their lives and their yeah. maleness. Yeah. I thought it was an incredibly, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the viewers now who are going to go and watch it and go, fuck me, that was boring. It's a very slow watch. It's a challengingly slow watch. But... I was in the midst of terrible, terrible COVID. It was a, oh. without any sense of obligation or hurry. It was the perfect antidote to sit back yeah. and feel totally yeah. immersed. So what I'm trying to say is, I think you'll get the most from this film if you're totally incapacitated and a, unable to get off the sofa. Also, I mean... No, I, I mean, it's beautifully acted. Beautifully yeah, acted. Once, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a scene very near the beginning. In fact, I think it could even be the second or third shot where... And I don't know how the camera works in these things, you do, but there's a shot of the cows coming down. Oh, together, yeah. Like like a river mm. of brown and white. And I, and I was hooked from that moment on. I thought, this is stunning. Well, it was stunning in a landscape way, in a way that I I found... Um, what was the one with Francis McDormand about, about the um, Nomadland? W wasn't for me. I mean, I expected that to be, and it wasn't. But this was. Yeah. I mean, the landscape... It's absolutely well, stunning. I think, I think the landscape and the cattle and everything were done so authentically. It was almost documentary. So yes. you, you were fascinated by the process as well. And I think it was very clever at that, even down to the sort of leathering of hides and the leathering, how to make a lasso. I mean, I never thought I'd know how to make a lasso. <laughs> I now know, you know, in a vital yes. situation, I'd know how to make a lasso. So I, yeah. I thought, yeah, brilliant performances all round. It's, yeah. it's a meditative watch. It's, it's a long watch. Be prepared. If you're not prepared to see something boring, I'd say don't sit down and watch it and then say it's boring because it's slow. No. It, it's slow. Mm -hmm. Just don't watch it. I'd recommend don't watch it if you don't like a slow film. Um, I personally do think it's going to get Best Picture. Yeah, it, but you don't sound as if you think it deserves it. Um, it's slow. It's too slow. Give us your summary and what you liked about it and why, why you've seen it three times. Well, I liked everything about it. I liked it. It's the it's let's let's not mince words. It's today's Brokeback Mountain, isn't it? Precisely. And um, I think Andy Proulx that was brought in at some point as a sort of person to ask the, these questions about gay cowboys, because of course there were loads of gay yeah, cowboys yeah. that you just never think about. Well, it's such a masculine <laughs> business. Of course, it's so homoerotic, isn't it? They're all wearing chaps. They're all wearing leathers. They're all got they've yeah. got they've got lassoes and whips. Guns. Absolutely. And my... their name's Bronco and they've got poles. Yeah, there's a lot of bucking, bucking Broncos. I mean, Christ. I know. I know. No, I just thought for the moment 
as I say, it's about two scenes in where the cows came round the corner and I thought, I'm absolutely sold on this. Oh, and the only thing that could have thrown it for me was if Benedict didn't live up to his part, and he did. Yeah. From, the, from the moment that he opens his mouth. Yeah, you're right. He's such a sod, you know, I thought, oh my God. And I, I was sort of a bit worried even for the first few scenes with him. And then I thought, oh, you're doing it. You're doing it, love. Keep, keep it going. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. horrible. I think you're right. Then, I mean, it was his conviction won me over. Yeah, his flinty eyes yeah, and, yeah. His, and George, who's so sweet, you know, his brother, and yet he's still having a go at him all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so what would you score and, it? Yes. 92. Okay, nine, yeah. I thought you'd have given it the old fat 100. If you, I'd give it 80. Um, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, because it's a very good film, and it's a very... It's just a film that demands a viewer to be patient, and... and I would recommend to people who are coming out sort of saying, oh, it's boring, it's too long, what was that? Um, you just shouldn't have watched it. And so you no, need to watch a review like true. this to find out that you don't, it's not for you. You know, if you want it to be conventionally telling a story, this is yeah. far more about, this is far more about character building. Yeah. You know, almost, you know, not a lot happens, but an enormous amount happens if you get to know the characters. And it's about yeah. immersion, you're immersed in these characters. Yeah, and I mean it's it's sort of a bit um, Shakespearean in, yeah. in, the, in the way that it takes good and bad, in the way that it makes the boy, you know, sort of step up to the plate and sort of he and Benedict exchange roles in many respects. You yeah, could yeah. say. Yeah. So, so guys, so guys, there you go. Uh, that's our review of the Power of the Dog. I think it's going to win the Oscar for Best oh, yes, Picture. But what did the power of the dog mean? Well, it comes from Psalm twenty-six or something, doesn't it? But could you see the dog in the mountain? Oh no, I didn't see the dog in the mountain. I thought he was no, just my, I, I thought he was making the up the dog in the mountain. <laughs> even no, Benedict Cum, even Benedict Cucumber Patch looked at him like there's no fucking dog in the mountain. It was a wonderful scene. <laughs> it was a very good scene. He looked perplexed. He <laughs> <laughs> looked utterly perplexed. It was a fabulous moment. Well, there you go. That's our review of The Power of the Dog. I think it's going to win the best picture. I personally think Benedict kind of deserves to win. You know, I do. what was the other one? Because he was nominated for that thing about um, Turing, wasn't he? Uh, you know, where he yeah. invented the machine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so tell us what you thought. If you've seen it, share your thoughts below. Tell us what you think. Is it too boring or is it just a really nice long watch? For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.